You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. Here we cover a variety of topics that are going to help you be more confident and successful in the field while you're hunting deer. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. I'm your host, Josh Raley. Good to be back with you again. We are now officially in August, and what that means for a lot of us is that we can say next month is deer season. Like, it is go time. It is time to hit the woods. Uh, man, I feel so, so, so far behind. I feel like I've got so much left to do that I was not able to accomplish heading into this year's deer season. But you know what? It's just going to be one of those years. I'm learning. Uh, we talk about it a little bit in this episode. I'm learning that if you want to deer hunt and you want to devote time to scouting, starting a business is not good for that. Uh, especially one where you, you know, you work from home and you got your kids at home during the summer, which we've had a wonderful summer with the kids. I've gotten to spend a lot of time with them, but I've not been able to keep up with my deer chores. So here we are one month or, you know, a little over a month, I guess you could say from deer season. And I'm feeling so, so incredibly far behind, but that's okay. That's all right. Because this year is just going to look a little bit different and I'm going to lean on, uh, really, you know, our family farm back home in Alabama, we're going to have some good hunts there. We pretty much have that spot dialed in. Nothing really new going on. Uh, my place in Wisconsin, I kind of know a plan of attack there. Very familiar with the property and going to be able to probably make something happen or at least know where to start to start making some moves there. Man, Georgia's the wild card. It really is. I still am not as familiar as I want to be on this chunk of public here, but it's just so big. There's just so much land to cover and I'm not super familiar with what the pressure is going to be or even what the roads are going to be like uh, in a lot of the areas because, unfortunately, as many southern states know, the gates are locked for most of the year. And so, you know, there are spots way, way back in there that I'm just not able to devote the time to get to. I mean, if I've got to travel six miles down a road before I can even cut into the woods to start exploring where I might want to hunt, well... Boy, that certainly puts a damper on it. And I don't have an e-bike yet. So when I do, that may become more of a thing, more of a reality. But I just don't have the time to spend a couple hours walking in, a couple hours walking out, uh, you know, in the middle of trying to build a business and hang out with kids and enjoy the summer and, you know, do the things that uh, a dad wants to do. But in the spirit of deer season, starting next month for many of us, I have my buddy Pierce on to talk about expectations and plans for this deer season. Now, despite what I've been saying about uh, you know, not really sure, don't have a lot of deer work done, that kind of thing. I am highly confident. I'm highly confident in Alabama uh, on our home farm. 
I'm very confident in Wisconsin. So things are going to be really good there. And, uh, you know, this season might look like me hunting less than I did uh, maybe in some previous years. But that's okay because the quality hunts that I'm looking forward to are going to be amazing. They're going to be on some places that I am familiar with. So that's going to be good. But Pierce and I talk about how we're going to set our standards for this year. You know, what buck is going to be the one. And for me, that's going to differ by property. We dive into it on this episode. We talk about the possibility of hunting some new public ground. And we even call our shot near the end of the episode that, uh, you know, may or may not hold true. But I thought it would be a fun little exercise because it kind of gives a little bit of insight into where our headspace is. And I don't think it's any surprise. Both of us are kind of looking forward to the rut this year. I know Pierce is going to be doing some fishing, obviously, during the fall. He's also, I think, going to dabble in some duck hunting and you know, doing a few more outdoor pursuits. We're both very, very busy. We're both kind of in building stages with our companies right now. And uh, what that means is we just won't have the time to really dial into deer hunting. But it does mean that we are setting aside time in November where we can be super intentional about having those days set aside for hunting and hunting only. So stick around after this quick word about our sponsors because this is a really good episode that is going to get you in the right headspace heading into deer season. And as you're getting into that right headspace for this deer season, you're probably thinking through some gear. So let me tell you about some things that I'm using. Number one, the Onyx Hunt app. I've said it before, that thing goes with me everywhere, and I do not go into the woods without it. Not only because I rely on it so much, but because my wife has told me if I head into the woods without Onyx, then uh, I'm going to be in big trouble because she wants to make sure that I'm going to make it home in the evenings. But if you want to create more memories and fill your freezer while doing it, the Onyx Hunt app is a must-have tool for your arsenal. With major new aerial imagery updates with historic look back, high frequency imagery, even the ability to order your own custom imagery, they have solidified themselves as leading the pack when it comes to the team at Onyx also is building the most intuitive trail cam management system out there. Get this guys, you can receive cell camera images straight to the waypoint marking that camera. You can organize your photos in there with their internal analysis. Plus, they have custom tagging and many more updates to come. Now, this is all on top of the public and private land ownership info that they already have, the ability to use it with no service, and the unmatched reliability that you have come to expect from the Hunt app. You can try it now for free for seven days or go to onyxmaps.com to learn more. Also, this deer season, I'm going to be rocking my Huntworth again. I have been very, very pleased with this camo over the last uh, little over a year now that I've been using it. And that tarnin pattern for me is just the way to go. It has helped me blend in for uh, fall deer hunts in Alabama and in Georgia and in uh, Wisconsin. It has kept me concealed during spring turkey hunts in Georgia, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Uh, Just an all-around hard-to-beat pattern. I've yet to see an area where it doesn't work. And you can't say that for many camo patterns. So head over to their website, huntworthgear.com. Grab your early season gear, guys. Now's the time to do it. And while you're doing that, grab those Durham lightweight pants. I've been wearing them all summer long. They are simply fantastic. And then finally, Tacticam. Man, I went to a bow shop the other day, and I had my bow tuned. And, you know, I've, I've always noticed you take a bow into a shop. The only thing that they're sure of the moment that you walk in the door is that the last guy that they had tune it, if it wasn't them, did it all wrong, right? Like, I've heard that before. But I went into this bow shop, and they showed me how everything was wrong. The spacers on my Matthews cams were not done correctly. The rest was not only not in the correct position, but the timing was off with it. 
the timing of my cams were off, and all in all, things were just not set up very, very well. And I've been really, really happy with this archery shop. They're kind of a no-nonsense kind of shop, right? Like you head in there, they're gonna point you to products that work, they're gonna tell you the products that don't. They don't have a huge supply of different brands. They've got a couple of brands that they work with that they really, really trust. So you can imagine my delight when I looked over and I saw all of their Tacticam cameras on the wall. And since he was more than uh, happy to give me his honest opinion of my uh, Matthews bow, which I've been happy with, but he's not thrilled about Matthews bows, because he was more than happy to give me his honest opinion, I thought, you know what? This guy doesn't know me from Adam. Let me ask him his opinion. I've had great success with these cameras. Let me ask them. And he said these are by far the best cameras for hunters. Both the 6.0 and the Solo Extreme make it super easy to film your hunts and to share your memories with your friends and with your loved ones. They've got a ton of different mounts and adapters so you can get that camera pretty much anywhere you want it to be, whether that's on your body, on your weapon, or up in the tree behind you. And right now they have an absolute steal of a deal going on. Let me take a look here to make sure that I get this right because it, it as I think about it, it kind of feels like it can't be right, but it is because it's right here. Right now, their preseason sale that they've got going on, you can get their Solo Extreme camera and their stabilizer mount with free shipping for 150 bucks. That means you can be filming your hunt this year with your stabilizer mount on your bow for $150. There's simply nothing else in the game that's going to get you filming your hunts at that price point with that kind of image and video quality and with that kind of ease. And remember, this thing is waterproof. It's got one-touch operation awesome sale head over to their website tacticam.com and grab yours today now let's jump into this conversation talking about expectations and standards for this year with pierce nellis all right joining me for this week's episode of the how to hunt deer podcast once again is my buddy pierce nellis pierce what's up man doing great man how are you doing good doing good looks like uh you were out doing a little fishing today i was doing a little fishing yeah a how little bit of scouting how'd it go it went well creek temps are looking good Hoppers are starting to uh, get a little bit closer to the to the creek and all that, and uh, yeah, found some good fish. Yeah, did you catch anything? I caught a few. Yeah, anything good? It was a nineteen and a half, but you know, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I'd be I would be thrilled with that. I, I was pretty thrilled. I, I would be, I would be pretty stinking thrilled with that. What have your, what have your daytime temperatures been like there? Because I know here, man, it has just been brutally hot, like brutally hot, brutally sunny, just oppressive when you walk outside. Yes, yeah, so in Wisconsin, it's been, uh, it's been kind of on and off. We had a, like probably two or three weeks where it was in like the high 80s and 90s um, for most of July, and that was just miserable. And we got no rain in the midst of it. And if we did, it was maybe a quarter inch for like, you know, an hour or two, but nothing to really bump the creeks up or anything like that. And uh, the past, I guess, two weeks ago, we had some kind of comfy temps down in like the you know, the low eighties and stuff. And then this week's been kind of back down around there as well. Um, but really the, the cooler nighttime temps are what's actually given things some life right now. So yeah, pretty grateful for those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I can't wait till the weather starts to turn a little bit, man. I, I was in a bow shop yesterday and getting my bow worked on <clears throat> and they were talking about practicing and shooting your bow and, you know, getting ready for, opening day and i'm like dude it is a hundred degrees outside 
I'm I'm just not even thinking about it. Like I I mean right. I, I am, but then again I'm not. I'm not I'm I haven't hit that point yet where I walk outside and it's a nice cool morning and I'm like, Oh yeah, okay, it's time. Like right. I feel like that first weather shift of the year and I'm I, it doesn't have to be cool. I'm talking like low sixties. You know, if you yeah. walk outside and it's in the low sixties, then that's when I get pretty fired up. But we've had right. we've had high or lows of like seventy two, seventy three outside oh. and it's just oppressive when you get into the afternoon and uh what are your highs been then uh so they actually haven't been terrible lately uh we've come back down where it's like 89 90 every day um but for come a little bit down yeah yeah for a little <laughs> bit it was it was real bad and actually so i went out to my folks place not long ago and uh sat outside on the back porch for a little while to hang out mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it is so hot out here. And I checked it and the actual temperature was 102. Oh, and the, the heat index was like 112. Way so, up 100% humidity down there, oh, right? Super high humidity. Yeah, my <laughs> parents aren't far from the coast. So right. it's just, they're, they're far enough from the coast where you don't get any kind of breeze from it. But they're close oh. enough to the coast where you still get the like really bad, you know, high humidity. Mm-hmm. And it's just nasty. Just absolutely nasty. But, dude, our, our opener is September 9th. So. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming quick. And it's going to be hot. You going to hunt it? Uh, I will probably hunt it. Doesn't mean I'm going to be happy about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll probably get out just for that obligatory. Like, it, it's it's opening day. Right. Like, I'm not, unless I have to. I'm not going to miss an opening day, you know, but at the same time, like my confidence that time of year is real, real low down here in the South, just because, you know, it's hot, it's buggy getting in that time of year with everything so thick, unless you've got, you know, on my, on my private ground, it's fine. Cause you just walk in and it's nice, easy walk and all that. But on the public, um, man, if you've got to bust any brush, like good luck, it's as thick <laughs> as thick can be right now. And you're just, I mean, you're going to be drenched in sweat by the time you get there. So like playing the wind is going to be pretty critical, but at the same time, we also just have swirling winds real bad this time of year. Sure. And so, you know, playing the wind is kind of a joke because it's like, okay, it's going to be out of the Southeast today. It's like, well, it's out of the Southeast at three o'clock and then out of the West at four o'clock and then out of the northeast at five o'clock and then oh, back it's around. Bad. oh it's bad it's real real bad yeah not to mention thermals <laughs> yeah not to mention thermals and what they're going to do this time of year because one you got the blazing sun and the heat but then you've also got the leaf cover so how is that right. going to play into especially if you're hunting an edge you know edge of a clear cut or something like that the the thermal difference that you get on that edge can be really intense because inside the you know tighter canopy forest everything's kind of nice and cool, but out there in the clear cut where the sun's baking, you're kind of getting a little bit of a rising effect. Well, that sounds really good because it, in theory, you know, if you're down low, could kind of suck some of that cooler air up out of the closed canopy area as the heat rises off of that clear cut. Mm -hmm. Problem is it's along the edges of that clear cut where all the deer are bedding. Or out in, right. you know, and so there, as it sucks, Convenient. yeah, as it sucks into the clear cut, well, guess what? Everything's out there just chilling, you know, and so, 
Uh, it's almost like they do that on purpose. Right. I mean, it's just the little <laughs> the little jerks, man, trying to keep from getting shot. I just don't understand uh, why they would do that. But, well, Pierce, man, I, I thought we should kick off uh, this episode, but not just this episode, though, like our season, with a serious discussion about a couple of different things that are kind of – uh, getting us in the right mindset for hunting this year. Not mm-hmm. necessarily deep into strategy, not necessarily uh, deep into a specific tactic or anything, but more along the lines of like, what are your plans for the year? What are you hoping to get better with this year? What are your standards like going into the season? Uh, that's something that I have found extremely helpful, um, you know, in, in previous years, making sure that I've got my head on straight when it comes to what I can reasonably expect from the season you know, and there's a lot that goes into that. It could be, you know, where I'm hunting specifically. So, you know, here in Georgia, my standards are not that high, uh, yeah. at least when it comes to, you know, the size of an animal. I may want a little bit of older animal, but I'm not going to have a whole lot of size criteria. When I go to Wisconsin, however, that might be a little different. Uh, or when I'm down on my parents' property in Alabama, that might be a little bit different there as well. You know, we've got good expectations or good understanding of what we can expect and what's a good deer. And here in Georgia, it's it's a real wild card for me because I just don't have the experience hunting these hills, uh, specifically where I'm at. And so uh, we do have, I mean, the lease I'm on, we had a couple of deer last year killed in the 130 to 150 range. And yeah. so, you know, there's some size there. But how common is that? I mean, one four-year-old's going to have 150-inch antlers. The next four-year-old's going to walk out with 100-inch antlers. Right. And so man trying to set any kind of size criteria would be would be really really tough so i i want to kick things off though and ask this question are you hunting any new properties this year like have you acquired any new permission have you checked out any new public are you do you have a spot that you're just like dying to get into well i guess first i uh i wasn't prepared that this is going to be the official kickoff to deer season now yeah i was uh I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize it was coming this fast. (laughs) This is it. Um, This is it. I, uh, you know, I I haven't looked at too many new properties. Um, As we were chatting about earlier, uh, last fall after I filled my tag um, and did a little duck hunting with a buddy of mine, and I kind of caught that bug pretty bad. And so, honestly, I've been scouting more – more ducky habitat than I have uh, deer habitat. Not that I haven't been keeping an eye on stuff, um, but I, I think I'm definitely going to be, you know, the old tried and true perfect five acres um, out at my folks' place uh, in, over in Dane County. And uh, yeah, that'll be a given. That's going to, I'm for sure going to be spending uh, opening weekend out there at gun season. Um, I'm probably going to try and fill an early season bow tag, um, out there and just try and shoot a doe for meat, uh, maybe bow opener if all goes well. Um, but you know, other than that, I, there's a chance I may be making a residency change here, um, to a little state to the Southwest of Wisconsin that has some, uh, I don't know. It's kind of reputable for, some larger deer and they've got a few deer there. Yeah. Down in the old Hawkeye state. Um, so I may be making that residency switch here, uh, fairly soon. Um, and if that 
goes through. Um, and I decide to make that life change. I, uh, you know, which I mean for my hunting career, obviously might be a, a good thing, but we'll see what it leads to for other stuff. But, um, I've got some family property down there that I'd like to hunt at least while it's still in the family. Um, you know, I've got you know some stuff that, that we ended up inheriting. Um, and then, you know, various extended family and also just a lot of different friends of the family, uh, down here who all happen to own fairly large chunks of land that may or may not have people hunting on. I'm not quite sure yet. I haven't, I didn't want to look into it too much because I didn't want to like get my hopes up and not have it go through. But, uh, if that's the case, I'll, I'll definitely be doing some stuff around here. But one of the things that's been really intriguing to me this year is the idea of, uh, trying to hunt maybe some like river Island public type stuff and see if I can find some swamp bucks and get into some stuff there. Yeah, man. So last year, I guess it was during the rut or just before. Well, I know it was just before and then obviously during. So you were sending me some, some, some pins there of a couple of different public spots that you were either trying out. Uh, some of them were, I guess they're private, but open to public access. Some of them were public. Mm -hmm. Did you get to dive into any of those a little bit further as far as like doing any off season scouting or any scouting this summer? I didn't do any scouting this summer yet. I've been too tied up with work and, uh, guiding, but I, uh, it's, it's on the docket still. Honestly, man, Turkey season got me so bad that it took me so long to make the mental shift to be like, all right, let's start looking for deer now. But for quite a while, I kept looking at things in terms of like, I bet that would roost some birds all day and, uh, <laughs> so making that mental switch uh took a little bit of time but i have been uh focusing on some stuff over kind of in the southwest corner of the state again um kind of along the wisconsin river uh, i don't want to give too much away other than that but uh yeah there's some pretty good looking spots over there one of them i hiked last year and i, I think i would definitely go back there um you know, the other one that I, I sent you that was kind of right on the, right on the border. Um, that thing's just so dang hilly yeah. that I'm trying to really, really just muster up the, the energy to want to really send it in there and sure. do a deep dive. But I do need to, I'd like to talk to a landowner butts up to that and see if I can, uh, maybe get onto that. But honestly, what's been really intriguing to me is all the um, national wildlife refuge stuff, or I'm sorry, the, the Mississippi wildlife refuge stuff run along the whole Western side of the state. There's a lot of islands in there and a lot of stuff that, especially this year with, you know, as little rain as we've got, the river's super low. And uh, I mean, those islands are green, mm. like super, super green right now. And so I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to try and do a deep dive uh, on some of that property and see if I can pin down some spots that might hold a deer or two. Yeah, man, there, there was a spot last year. I think it was a private permission spot that you had acquired where you hung a camera. Uh, I think it was after you tagged out and you got some good Intel. Was that, was that a private piece or was that public? That was private. That was private. Are you going to be out there again or is that, uh, I'm thinking about it. If I can make time for it, that's the thing, man, is I'm, I'm as gung ho as I am. I know this is the how to hunt deer podcast and I, I'm trying to, 
not that I'm not stoked for deer season, but I'm still, I'm, you know, you and I have been talking a little bit and I'm, I'm going to try this year to maybe kind of mix up all of my different, you know, hunting opportunities uh, throughout the fall. So as to a not burn out on, uh, you know, all these all day uh, stand sits um, and be just try some new stuff. I think I'm ready to, and uh, you know, just add another uh, lens to uh, view the wilderness through. Um, But I probably will be spending some time out there again. Yes. (laughs) And I think, you know, there may be some guys listening that are like, well, I don't know, like, come on, man, this is, this is the how to hunt deer podcast. Why are we talking about other things? I think there's a lot to it though, when you start to broaden those horizons, like there's so much that you take from, um, you know, what you learn pursuing other game and not only what you learn pursuing other game, but just like, I don't know, it's almost like it has a palate cleansing effect, you know, cause we can be so gung ho all the time, deer, 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 deer. And then if you can just step away from that for a minute and go walk a field and shoot some pheasants behind a dog or, yeah. you know, get out for a morning of squirrel hunting or whatever, like that can just be so good as a little break from the intensity, I feel like. And, and I'll be honest with you, if I'm not on my parents' property in Alabama, that intensity just goes with me And I, mm-hmm. I, when it comes to deer hunting, and I can't shake it. Like it's just right. ingrained in there. I just get so, um, so focused, so almost tunnel vision, I guess you could say, yeah. when it comes yeah. to the whole topic. And, and just, uh, man, I can make myself r- miserable real fast. Like if you want to learn how to make deer hunting not fun, like go deer hunting with me on a week that I'm not seeing anything. I will, I I will show you how to be miserable. Um, with the exception of last year, you know, I, I I took some licks last year, uh, while out hunting and, and was able to, to keep my head in the game. And I think I Mm -hmm. learned a lot from that, but, but yeah, man, I think it's good to, you know, take some days and go shoot some ducks or go shoot some pheasants or, uh, man, even do a little fall turkey hunting or something like that. If it's legal in your state and, and, you know, sort of redeem some of that time, but, Right. Well, I think like you just said, it, it keeps you fresh and it kind of keeps you in that learning mindset, especially if you're trying new things, if, when you be it squirrel hunting or duck hunting or pheasants or what, you know, fall turkey, whatever, like just trying something new so that you're, you're viewing things through, you know, a, a new lens and B like you're, you're in that learning mindset where you're trying to pick things up and you're, I think it just makes you more observant as a hunter. Um, uh, you know, I think if you can kind of maintain that steam and go, you know, I'm going to try duck hunting this year and I'm going to like just do everything I can to just like absorb all of that. And then I'm going to deer hunt when I can. I mean, I think you're going to view the deer woods with a much fresher mind because you're not going to be, like you said, totally burnt out or down in the dumpster in that tunnel vision. But I think you're going to notice more as a hunter um, just because you're you're still kind of in that almost just absorbent mindset um i think it's kind of funny you know not that not that all things don't become a grind after a certain point but there is definitely something about the weight of uh of a deer tag in your pocket that can really really get to your head yeah yeah absolutely unlike a lot of other things now Mm -hmm. i get weird with turkeys too but like 
I, I think there's something with turkeys of just the way I chase them, uh, where even if you have a failed, you know, make some failed moves or something like that, or you lose a bird or something, like when you get done, I can still be like, oh, that was so cool. You know, like we heard right. him, we heard him gobble his head off and no, we didn't get him, but boy, that was fun with deer, yeah. with deer. I, I, I struggle to have that like, um, and, and I think a lot of it may just be the, the way I hunt of, of being not very, um, I'm aggressive and I'm mobile, but I'm not stalking deer, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not moving through the woods trying to get on them and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that the grind of just hanging in a tree, uh, yeah. doesn't sound like it should be a grind at all. Cause you're just sitting there, but Dude, just, when it's 25 degrees and the wind's blowing and you've been out there since, you know, 5 AM, it's a grind. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but man, I know that, uh, at least for one window of time, you're not going to be duck hunting or, or if you are, we might need to have a therapist on the show. <laughs> a little uh, intervention. Yeah. That late October heading into November time frame. I'm guessing you will have fully made the shift at that point and be, I would uh, say so, yeah. be dialing in. And for me, man, I, I think I learned something last year. I like hunting early season, especially at my home farm. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's relaxed. It's fun. We see a lot of deer. Um, you know, it's just a good time. I really enjoy the rut. Like I, I'm, I'm not trying to put myself in a box, but I feel like the rut is kind of like go time for me. Like when it comes to early season bucks, like, you know, it, it's one thing or another, but I, I feel like the demeanor shift in the deer that you see, I just get so much more fired up, you know, kind of like yeah. I do for turkeys, like during turkey season, man, I'm fired up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the demeanor of the animal during that time and has to do with, you know, Tom's being aggressive, not only towards each other, but also with hens, you know, and, and then take that into the whitetail world where, you know, when those bucks start to get a little aggressive with each other and they start to kind of push around some does, like mm-hmm. that's when I'm fired up to be in the woods. Like, you know, a buck sneaking his way through to go eat some acorns. Yeah, that's cool, but uh, not quite the same. At least for me, it's not quite the same experience as uh, catching one when he's, when he's love drunk and and running through. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about standards, man. This is something that um, is an area where I'm growing and changing all the time. You know, just a couple of years ago, uh, I was very happy with just filling my tag. You know, I was in a new state. I'm in, you know, figuring a spot out. I went, uh, I think I went two seasons without killing anything, but having encounters with like really good deer. So I think it was my first season, maybe in Wisconsin, I had an encounter with a one thirties class buck and, uh, I encountered him three different times that season. And, uh, I missed him once he winded me once and he saw me moving once. And so just a, a really good season. The following year, I had encounters with like a mid-140s and then a solid probably 160. Um, and so all of a sudden, I start backpedaling, and I'm like, okay, I, I might need to think about what it is I'm shooting here because um, this is good stuff. But then two years ago, I shot a small buck in Wisconsin, and I left my trail cameras out, and the intel that I got from that spot where I shot that buck was insane. Like the bucks that came through in the days following – were just 
way bigger. So I had to start rethinking that tag in my pocket and just wanting to get it filled. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And started kind of upping my my standards or whatever. When it comes to this year, where are you at? You you sent me some pictures earlier, and I'm trying to gauge the size of that deer because you were like, this might be my standard for the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm with you. I'm all for it. I can't quite judge how big that deer is from the pictures, but he was a good one. Right. So where are you at mm-hmm. standards-wise? You know, after I, I sent that and, you know, we were talking about what did it score and all that, and I, I realized I hadn't actually scored any of my deer. I mean, I knew that I hadn't, but um, – and, and that, that deer, too, wasn't my largest deer. Um, but that was a deer, A, that I had some history with, um, where I, I made a bad shot and I had a, uh, an expandable broadhead that everybody knows that didn't expand – and did you put uh, it in I the lost cage? my target buck. Did you put but, it in the cage? It's that old, <laughs> the old commercial. I put it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I, I hit this deer high and uh, it was like October, I think it was Halloween. No, it was like October 30th. Um, hit this deer high right in the dead zone. He kind of limped off, only got a few inches of penetration and all that. So I'm sitting there like, shaking because that would have been the first buck that I ever shot with my bow about five minutes after I shoot that thing while I'm texting you know my dad my neighbors like hey I just hit this thing like it was a bad shot I didn't get that much penetration I don't really know what to think but I hear some leaves crunching straight in front of me and this buck walks down and posts up 14 yards in front of me perfectly broadside and just is eating and making rubs and just putting on a show and I could not let one fly on him uh out of fear of not uh or out of fear of having actually killed the deer that I hit five minutes before that and so I had some history with that one and you know I'd kind of been thinking like you know after unless I see that buck that I that I did hit like that's my new target buck I want that one but you know we were talking he's probably like one 30 something, maybe 140. Um, not a super wide buck. I think he was like 16 or 17 wide. He was really tall and super palmated um, across the uh, in his main beams where the G2s and G3s came out. Um, so just a cool deer, like far and away my favorite deer um, that I've gotten just kind of because I had that history with it. Um, but I mean, he was a three and a half year old deer. And so after we were talking about, you know, what did it score? What did it measure? Like, what are my standards in there? I'm thinking I'm going to reframe rather than an inch measurement. It's going to be for sure a three year old deer rather than, okay. you know, some of the two and a half year olds that I shot the past, uh, the past couple of years. Cause last year, my whole goal was to fill your buck tag, like get your first archery buck. And, uh, you know, get that done so that you can kind of just have that monkey off your back. And that was my goal. And I shot a great two and a half year old buck. And I was very happy with that. Um, a buck you but, had passed earlier in the season. I yes, feel like we, it was we a can't, buck that I'd passed. We, we, can't, we can't just let that slide <laughs> as if it didn't happen, Pierce. So <laughs> going back though, going back to what you just said about the demeanor of that deer, right. when he was sitting there munching apples broadside at 30 yards I thought about him, but he didn't look that fired up. However, when he came in all bristled up with his mouth hanging open and drooling, then yeah, that was a uh, that was a much 
a much more appealing shot. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. All right, so we're looking, you know, three-and-a-half-year-old deer maybe. Um, you've got access to some good ground, uh, the right five acres, as we've called it a, a number of times. Uh, <clears throat> man, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm hunting public there in Wisconsin, I'm probably still sending one through a nice two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably just going to happen. Um I have a deer in Wisconsin that, as far as I know, was not shot. He was a three-year-old last year. I figure him somewhere in the 160 range, maybe 150s. Um, I've shown him to other people, and they've said, man, that's 170. I don't know that I'm going that far with it, but I do trust their scoring skills better than mine. Uh, But I'm trying to tone that down just a little bit, and... I feel like if he'd been shot, I probably would have heard about it. So uh, I'm going into the year with really high expectations with knowing that I'm going to be happy with, you know, a two-year-old eight-point that, you know, during the rut, you know, comes in chasing or whatever. Like, I'm going to be thrilled with that deer. But this one's in the back of my mind making me think, like, if he – even if he wasn't 170 last year, he was – he, he will be this year. Like there's right. not a doubt in my mind that deer's a booner this year all day long, if he's still alive. And so I, I don't know how to play it, man. Like I, I, I don't want to wait out and it, you know, it'd be him or bust, but at the same time, um, I know he's there. I know he's there. Are you going to rerun in the cell cams on that public oh, again? You better believe it. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Now say, Say you're three days out from your uh, no, three days into your your rutcation, you get one shot of that thing on your camera at one a.m. Okay, how's that change your strategy? Are you going to be holding out for that deer? Uh, is my camera where one of my cell cams was last year? That's a good question. That, that, that's my question. And the reason I say that is last year I had uh, three really good target bucks that were, you know, just one of them I ended up shooting. Mm-hmm. I did not shoot that deer where I had a camera. Um, that's right. And I had another camera that I did not know got pictures of this really big one um, that was not a cell camera on the other, well, uh, in the area, let's just, I'll just, I'll just say that in the area. Cause I don't want to get, I don't want to give away too much, but, um, because this thing's a hulse. So 
I know pretty well what he was doing last year at this point. I know sure. where he liked to run during the rut. And I found the spot within the spot where all the bucks and all the movement was converging last year. So I found that location. Uh, will it be the same this year? I don't know. Um, but I'm probably going to put cell cameras where I had them last year uh, and have a really high confidence that if they're hitting my cell cams in the spots they were last year, which were mostly nighttime photos, if they're hitting those spots again this year, I have a feeling I can tell you where they are in daylight, if that sure. makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know that I'll, if I've got them on camera again, my standards will probably go up. They won't, uh, it won't be him or bust most likely, unless I'm just like, oh dude, he's clockwork. Like it's right. just a matter of putting in time. You know, if it's that, then, then I'll hold out. If it's, if it's like, I've, I've got the one picture of him at 1 a.m., but it was here on this camera where I had it last year, he's going to die. Yeah. Like he's probably going to, unless he gets, unless he runs off with a doe into a new area for a couple of days or something. But even then I've got 12 days to wait him out, you know? Right. And I, I have one spot in particular where I am convinced in that 12 days, if he is there, he will walk through this spot. Mm -hmm. If he's anywhere where near where he was, uh, this past year. And, um, yeah, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, so I ended up shooting a four and a half year old last year. My stand, I was going for a two year old, and yeah. I, like on day three, I shot my buck the first time, <laughs> the first time I shot him, <laughs> and then I think it was day six, I saw a two year old that ended up winding me. But he was a you know 115 inch two year old, 120 inch yeah. two year old. I mean a good two year old, probably one that I shouldn't shoot. Right. Like one of those, it's like, okay, genetically you've got it going on. Like maybe I shouldn't shoot you. Um, but he was a, he was a, a good deer, beautiful deer. One I would have been very proud to take home, uh, especially on public land and the way it went down. So I'll go into this just a little bit. Um, I went into a spot on the first day there, no sign, totally dry, just not what it had been in years past. Left the spot, needed to give the place that I'd been hunting or spending a lot of time a rest. So I went back to that spot and on my way in, I'm like making Instagram reels or stories about all this. I'm like, oh, there's new sign here. This sign mm -hmm. was not here three days ago. Like it was not here or a week ago. Um, so I worked my way in. I'm like, holy cow, there's, there's rubs in here now. Like where did all these rubs come from? And then I see uh, a really beaten down trail that wasn't that beaten down a few days earlier. I'm like, okay, something's doing something in here. So I went just a little too far, pushed across that trail, and he ended up coming in downwind of me. That's I should have stopped early but i insisted on pushing down into where i killed my buck in 2021 um sure and so um yeah so i i shot i i would have shot him and, and been very very happy with him i forgot where i was going with the rest of that though <laughs> i don't know let me ask you this how much were yeah. you uh moving around and readjusting your setups while you were on your rotation last year did uh, you go back in and sit in the same tree or did you uh, it was everything it was every time you were going in there. Most of the times you were, you were entering the woods, you hit in a different spot. Yeah. So I found an area that was about 25 or 30 acres that I really hammered. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started off, I ping pong. So I was on, you know, the far East side of it. And then I went to the far West side of it. And then I came back to the East and then I went back to the West and then I settled on this little location 
where the evening before I shot, I saw this buck the first time, uh, I had encounters, lots of does. And then I went back in there. So that day I was sitting on the ground hunting in some deadfall. The next day I got up in a tree. Uh, and then I did hunt that spot. I think I hunted it a total, that tree, I think I hunted it a total of three different days. Um, and then I, and then I ended up moving on again. And, and that last move of, you know, 75 yards or so was what made all the difference in the world. Like that's when I, that morning I, I was basically calling my shot. I was like, this is the tree where it happens, you know, based on all the movement that I'm seeing, it's like, this is the tree where it happens. I'm just waiting on the right buck to come through at this point. Right. Like I just, I just knew that that was it. And I probably, if I hadn't shot him that day, uh, but saw that movement, I probably would have sat that spot two or three more times. So sure. I was really, really mobile until I felt like I was getting in the game. And then even then I was still mobile, but it was adjustments of, you know, 40 yards or 75 yards or 30 yards back this way. So it was, it was a real chess match. Um, yeah. Not with this buck necessarily. I wasn't playing chess with him, but just with the deer in general and trying to figure out how do I get them within, you know, 20 yards. Um, that was the, that was the chess match, but um yeah, so I will probably play it very similar to what I did, uh, what I did last year. You did a good bit of mobile hunting last year as well. Um, was yeah. that your first official year? I guess. I mean, you've probably been mobile before that, but like in a saddle, sticks, the whole kit. Yeah, not that mobile. <laughs> that was a lot more convenient than. Uh the old, I don't remember what kind of climber I've got, but that thing weighs like 40 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Those are rough. Dude. Yeah. yeah. That, that last season was, was the first year, uh, running the saddle stuff. Um, definitely going to be doing that again. I liked the versatility I had with that. Um, even on private land and stuff where I've got, you know, the ability to actually hang some permanent, you know, screw in steps and stuff. Um, I'm absolutely going to be doing that just because there's, yeah, it opens up so many more trees and so many more angles and different opportunities to, you know, especially it's kind of like what you said, you know, but you know, that once you start playing chess with them, especially, you know, if I'm really hitting the, the, the right five acres uh, hard and I'm kind of playing chess with them I'm up there for a weekend or, you know, a couple of days in a row, um, you know, being able to just move 13 yards up the hill yeah. Or, you know, just on the other side of one of these, uh, trails and stuff, or on the other side of a scrape. Um, I mean, that's, that can make or break the entire day. Whereas, uh, you know, before that, obviously you're stuck kind of to your, to your one tree if you want to be moving around. So I'll definitely be doing that again. Um, yeah, really, I'm pretty happy with the kit so far. I'm going to stealth strip the hell out of my climbing sticks. Um, yeah, and you're rocking the helium sticks, right? Yeah, the twenty inch heliums. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Those yeah. did those did pretty well. Yeah, they, they held up nice. They held up nice. They're uh I mean they're for the price and stuff, they were uh they're they're fine. Yeah, yeah, my only complaint is that suction cup. Uh it's a little noisy, but also it might not have been that noisy had I still stripped like the entire, you know, body of the of the stick itself, but yeah. yeah, they worked great for me last year and I haven't spoiled myself with nice climbing sticks yet. So I don't really know the difference, but oh, I'm all right dude. with that. 
I got like, on. The only thing I might change is getting one of those back straps. Yeah, those are those are are huge for an all day sit, man. Yeah, they're absolutely huge. I've got to get a comfortable one. I've got a back strap, but I, I, I ended up messing it up basically, and I cut it in a spot where it didn't didn't need to be cut because I thought <laughs> I'll mod this a little bit, and then I ruined it. And so I probably should should just get a new one for this year. But man, at ATA last year, I got to step on some sticks from. Yeah. Uh, tethered. I got to step on their one sticks and then their skeletors, which their skeletors to me are just gold in, in, in the sense of like usability being a tough stick, but then also still being kind of in that budget category, not up there with the price of the one sticks or the beast sticks or something like that. Sure. But then the, the latitude outdoors sticks are pretty phenomenal. Um, those carbon ones yeah those are those are pretty sick and then uh timber ninja outdoors has got some sticks they're probably my favorite as far as being bulletproof uh when i look at the latitude sticks i like them they look good but at the end of the day it feels like i'm climbing on plastic and that makes me uneasy sure you know it just i i just i don't know it's a little bit off-putting to me but yeah the timber ninja outdoors uh sticks are are super legit and Jason Red, he's been on the show. Um, just a good guy. So he's one of those one of those companies that you think, yeah, I could I could get behind supporting them and, and feeling good about about buying their products. But for uh, sure. So let's talk about, you know, your hunting breakdown for the season then. Are you gonna be um, I mean you've obviously got a lot of other pursuits that you're getting into. Do you have any trips or anything planned or is it gonna be, hey, I'm focusing on Wisconsin, it's probably gonna happen, you know, late October heading into November. It'll definitely be late October, heading into November. Um, I'm going to do my best to uh, block out, you know, sometime in that first week of bow season to get a, you know, pretty much go <laughs> do a little grocery shopping and try and smack a doe, you know, in our apple orchard or something yeah. um, and just fill that tag so I can, you know, have some in the freezer. Because I did notice a couple of years ago when I did that and I filled my, my early season doe tag, um, first then it takes the pressure off uh you know for later in the season because you're not in a meat crisis running around with an empty freezer and stuff you're not you're not as as willing to shoot you know maybe a buck that you could let run another year um whereas you know otherwise you got that pressure (laughs) yeah yeah dude i i am i'm declaring war on the does this year um, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, I don't know how often I'm going to get to hunt really. I mean, I, this is shaping up to be probably my busiest year with work yet with the podcasts and everything else. Like there's just a lot going on and it's good stuff. And eventually it will mean less work, but still being able to advance and take, you know, bigger steps into the outdoor industry. Right. At the same time, this is kind of the sacrifice year, uh, that I may just not get it done, but in Alabama, my dad's farm has way too many deer, and we can kill a doe a day in Alabama for the entire season. Okay. Uh, here in Georgia, I have 10 doe tags. Oh, my gosh. And then in Wisconsin, I don't know how many I have, um, probably two or three for the area where I'm hunting mm-hmm. doe tags. Um but dude, my freezer's empty. It's been empty for three weeks at this point. Like not a scrap of deer left. 
You got three kids, man. You got mouths to feed. Dude, and they do, man. They tear into some venison. They like <laughs> they they love the fact that it's deer. And so it's, it's a good it, problem to have. It really is. It really is a good problem to have. But I'm realizing like, okay, these kids are getting older. My oldest is about to turn nine tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm gonna have a freaking nine year old. Um, <laughs> which is just wild. But I mean that that's going to change the game. So it's 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 war on does for this year, uh, and then I'm probably going to hit uh, opening day here in Georgia. You know, maybe the occasional like morning or evening that I'll get out when the weather turns nice or whatever. I'm probably going to hit opening weekend in Alabama. That's just a really good one. We've got you know the property set up how we want it, and we just see a lot of deer. And usually outside of the rut, that's when we see our bucks. Um, sure. We'll get, we'll get, you know, those bucks are still daylighting in the food plots and stuff on that opening weekend. Then right around Thanksgiving, we get a little flurry of daylight buck activity, uh, especially in years where the, uh, the acorns aren't really dropping real well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the rut. So I'll probably try to hit those time frames, uh, which our rut down there is like February 1st through 10th is the most intense, you know, seeking and chasing and so it's so um, weird dude it doesn't interfere with a thing <laughs> and it is great you know that those first two weeks of february like what's really going on that time of year you know right um so i'll probably hit that and then you know wisconsin obviously i've got a wisconsin trip planned november 1st through 12th where um yeah so last year i i worked in the evenings and i hunted mm-hmm. during the day i'm not doing that this year <laughs> i'm going to have no work responsibilities and I'm going to focus 100% on hunting and it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I, I have some pretty high confidence with where I'm hunting and and my knowledge of this property at this point. Uh, I'd really love it if another capable bow hunter would come and hunt with me, uh, and cover some of the, uh, the little backdoor areas, you know, that I, that I need covered. Um, sure. But so like, uh, you know, if I could get a guy to, to cover the other spot, I, I'm thinking of a couple spots and, and we'll talk off air. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if we could hunt both sides, we could have things pretty locked down. Well, uh, you're a righty. I'm a lefty. I'm sure we could make something. Oh, work. dude, that would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. Like if we both went in there and spent a day in the two spots that I have in mind, one of us is walking out with a buck. Yeah. I don't know who but one of us is and we could take we could creatively access and get sure. in there and just right off the bank and and have some really good hunts um so that'll be in november and then i probably will try to hit if i can get back here to georgia in time our rut where i hunt here in georgia is like that middle of november so it's actually mm-hmm. really great timing the uh the gun hunt on the local WMA is like November 13th, 14th, 15th. And then bow season lasts through November 17th. So I'll get back here just in time to hit, hit the rut here as well. Nice. Um, yeah. And then do you do much gun hunting. You know, I really don't. Uh, we do on the family farm because we do have people who live not terribly far proximity from us. And, uh, my dad much prefers like if it's gun season, use a gun and put them down right there. Sure. I don't, I don't want to track deer. I don't want to go get headlamps. Like I want to drive my truck 
into the field and load it in and then drive that to the processor. Like we're not even going to cut the thing open. We're just heading <laughs> straight to the processor with a deer in the back. So, uh, that's just the style of hunting there though. I mean, like, sure. you know, you, you head out in the afternoon, you know, an hour before you know the deer are going to be there. You grab your Coke and your pop tart and you, uh, sit in, sit in the nice, you know, stand or whatever, or the nice, uh, box blind and sure. uh, hang out for the evening. But, um, yeah. So then, you know, obviously be February rut hunting and, and, uh, should be a good year, man. Should be a real good year. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. It's, I'm right there with it. It's going to be a, I'm kind of in a similar stage, uh, of life right now, as far as work and just kind of being yeah. in that building season and stuff and kind of have to sacrifice some time here and there, you know, obviously I'd would like to spend as much time in the woods, you know, chasing after different critters, but you know, worst comes to worst that first week in November will definitely be a priority, but yeah, leading up to that, we'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be kind of a, kind of a shoot from the hip hunt when you can kind of year, I think, which Honestly, I'm a little excited about because then I don't have that much time to stress about like, okay, this day, like next week, it's going on. What's the weather doing? I'm going to watch it for the next four days. It's just more kind of, all right, I've got this afternoon free. Let's check the forecast. All right, wind's blowing this direction. I can go here. Yeah. I'm just kind of getting to play it by ear and do things off the cuff. It makes it a little bit more fun sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, man, I tell you what, there's one way to make sure that you don't get to hunt as much as you want, and that is to go start a business. Like <laughs> That's if, for sure, man. Dude, if you're in the midst of trying to build a business, hunting season is just not just not playing into the cards. And and I no. I I was told at the beginning, like, hey, you know, you're getting into uh, the hunting industry, like don't expect to hunt more than you did. Like you might even hunt less. <laughs> And that's very, very true. But it has also bought me the flexibility to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to work all year long. I may not get out very many times before the rut hunt, but I can have the flexibility to say for November 1st through 12th, we're shutting everything down. Like, mm-hmm. like don't, don't expect to hear from me, see me, none of that. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the woods. So there are some perks, but yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'd love to be in the hunting industry so I can just hunt all the time. Like that's just not... That's not how it works. <laughs> not at all how it works. And anybody, anybody who doesn't have like the last name Drury or Lukoski, uh, <laughs> is is uh, they understand that and they'll tell you that as well. Uh, and yeah. those guys do a lot of work too. I don't I don't want to pick on them. They just uh, they get to be hands on and in front of the camera quite a bit. Yeah, but no, I, there's a good saying we have in the fly fishing industry that if you want to make a million dollars in a fly shop, you better start with 2 million. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible, but true. It's very true. Sad, but true. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Pierce, we need to start wrapping this thing up, but I got one last thing to throw your way. And this is not to try to jinx us, but I want you to call your shop, man. What's going to happen? What's the, (laughs) <laughs> What's the day and where is it going to happen this year when you uh, have an encounter with and get to fling an arrow at a big buck? I'm not saying you're going to kill him. I'm just saying you're going to scare one real bad. You know, when <laughs> <laughs> it grazes its back again. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to mess the juju up. But, but no, no, what are you thinking? When's, when's it going to happen and where? Let's see here. See, I really got to pin down whether or not I'm going to be. Uh, 
an Iowa or Wisconsin residence here. Cause if it's, if I'm in Iowa, it's going to be probably that second week of November. I would imagine. Cause from what I've heard from my relatives who hunt down there, they're about a, a week behind typically in what they're seeing and what we're seeing in Wisconsin versus what we're seeing, uh, down in Iowa. Um, you know, they're typically as far as just like what the bucks are doing and how they're acting. I am going to guess. Yeah, I'm going to call my shot. I'm going to try and repeat last year. I'm going to go November 3rd again. Okay. And where I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. The okay. easy answer is, is my folks' property, but yeah. at the same time, you know, depending on what's available and how other properties are hunting, I might be uh, trying. I'd, I'd like to put something, you know, whether even if it's just a doe, I'd like to to fill a public land tag this year. Yeah, um, I still have yet to do that one, but again, it's going to be kind of a matter of what do I have time for. So I'm going to say safe bet November third at my folks' place. Okay, you going to kill it over a decoy again? <laughs> I don't know about that. It was effective. I'm kind of tempted to. Yeah. Like I, I, I'd never, I feel like every time you see stuff with like, you know, decoying bucks and stuff, you're, you're decoying a buck with, with another buck decoy. But mm-hmm. this guy was just looking for love and wanted all of that doe decoy. He just yeah. couldn't smell it and walked right into my trap. So yeah. I don't know. I might try that again. Cause I've had it. That was the one time in, I mean, I think I've had that thing since I was in high school and that is the one time it's actually drawn a buck in, um, and not caused it to hang up at 40, 50 yards, give it a weird look and then just kind of continue on his merry way. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. But, uh, I was texting you a couple of days ago. I've got a, a mock scrape that's two years old. That's finally getting regular year round, uh, action on it. And so I'm, I'm going to try and kill one over that. I think there you go. So no, we're going to call, I'm going to call it for you then November 3rd in that mock scrape, man, no, no decoy necessary, but, Lock it in. uh, man, that was a cool story last year that, that, that was probably like, I still remember that text exchange. And I was like, <laughs> I just remember feeling so strongly, like you need to go get your decoy right now. Like because of the mood he was in, yeah. you know, and the way you, you know, he basically caught you in your underwear and still, you know, was literally. hanging right. Yeah. Literally. And, and, and <laughs> was still running around. And it's like, that dude is looking, he's looking hard, like give him something yeah. to look at, you know, cause he, he's looking for it, but uh, I'm going to call my shot on November 8th. I'm going to call it on November 8th. I like it. And it's going to be on a uh, ditch crossing in Wisconsin. And uh, it's probably going to be in the evening. You know, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of mornings during the rut. Mm-hmm. But the way things panned out, I think – where I hunt in Wisconsin is about a week out, a week later than than what you you got going on too, mm-hmm. um, and we we've, we've talked about that on several episodes before. Where this this spot just seems like it's about a week later than pretty much everything else around it. Uh, that's when sure. that's when things really turn on. And so I th- I caught that buck this year. I think he probably just got out of bed. Like he yeah. was coming straight from a bedding area. He wasn't trotting. It was just kind of a 
he's a buck just up doing his thing, you know. I mean, obviously looking around more so than than what you would normally expect, but like, you know, he wasn't chasing a doe, he wasn't cruising or anything like that. He's just on a walk and looking around, checking things out. So I think it'd be sure. November eighth, ditch crossing, probably in the evening, but we'll like see, it. man. We'll see. I'm gonna add midday to mine. Oh be my prediction. Midday. Doing man. something dumb. Yeah. Dude, I saw a buck midday this past year. And uh, I didn't shoot it. It was a two-year-old, uh, probably pushing 100 inches, probably like 90 inches. And, boy, I wanted to shoot him bad. It was like 2 p.m., so not technically midday, but like. Close enough. Yeah, and I was like, man, I could shoot a midday buck. This, this, yeah. would, be, this would be cool, but I didn't do I've it. seen, I've had a lot of action between like. 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. And it's just, it's I, it's a one-day deal that I'll see a really nice buck just come cruising through. Yeah. And yeah. they're just out and about hitting scrapes, freshening the rubs and all that. But When are the dates that you typically see that? I, honestly, I see that quite a bit just throughout, I mean, really the whole first week of November typically. Late October, um... Yeah, getting into like the 28th to the, I mean, really, I guess I've seen it as early as like the 26th or 27th. 26th is probably when I would say is like the earliest date that we're seeing, you know, whether it be my own cameras or, you know, my own just getting eyes on them while I'm in the woods or even like neighbors' cameras and stuff. Yeah. Um, we, that's usually when we see a couple bucks. And it's kind of funny. A lot of times we'll see two of them at once for the, you know, there'll be two bucks together, usually one bigger one and then a, a, a smaller one. And then after that, it is just solo bucks and they'll daylight after like the 20, like I said, the 25th or 26th, they'll daylight maybe the like two or three of the next five days okay. at that same spot. Yeah. Yeah. At least Sweet. over that same camera, I should say. That yeah. The camera's caught. I don't know what they're actually doing. But. Yeah, and who, and who knows how many times they walked past that camera. That, right. You know, the camera didn't catch them, or they were too far away or walked behind it or, you know, took a little bit of a different trail that you, you know, still may have had an encounter with them that day. But um, anyways, man, well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, you were out doing a little bit of fishing. I'd love for you to plug your, uh, your guide service that you got rocking there so that folks can – uh, maybe do a little fishing before summer's over. Yeah, yeah. If you're fishing, they go hit the water uh, and you're in the Midwest, you're making a trip up to Wisconsin. Uh, good chance fly fishing. We specialize in uh, walkway driftless trout trips. And if the weather's super hot, we'll do some walkway smally fishing as well uh, if we have to. But yeah, hopper season's kicking off right now. They are everywhere and it's just going to get better from here. So yeah, if you're in the area, hit us up. Sweet. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at how to hunt deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. 
Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show and help me bring you great content each and every week. If you're looking for more outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com where you're going to find my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts.